you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, February 26th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. GOG is making it easier to return games. Horizon Zero Dawn might be coming to PC. Uncharted 4's director opens the door a little bit for an Uncharted sequel. More developers and publishers are backing out of packs. And I give Kunai a full, proper scored review. Good Old Games has updated its return policy to make it even easier to return games. When it comes to the online distribution of PC games, there are basically three leaders. Steam, Epic Games Store, and GOG, which is short for Good Old Games. GOG, which is owned by Witcher and Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt Red, recently updated its return policy for games purchased on the store, and it gives it a nice consumer-friendly advantage over its competition. GOG announced a new policy with a short blog on its website that reads, Everyone at GOG believes in a gamer's first approach. It means that every part of our store is designed with gamers in mind, and your purchase safety and satisfaction comes first for us. The latest update to our voluntary refund policy adds another piece to this customer-friendly experience, and it all sums up in one sentence. Starting now, you can get a full refund up to 30 days after purchasing a product even if you downloaded, launched, and played it. That's it. As a point of comparison here, Steam's return policy says you can return a game within two weeks of a purchase, as long as you've played it for less than two hours. And Epic Games Store's policy is basically the same. You have two weeks to return a game, and you can't have played it for more than two hours. Needless to say, GOG's return policy is much more lenient, and it may be the thing that gives it an edge for players unsure about a new game. It might also mean that people use GOG as a glorified free rental service, which could hurt the distributor. I am definitely a big fan of this policy update, and it's already making me more interested in using GOG as my main outlet for buying PC games. I use GOG, as as most do, to buy older games that aren't on Steam. I own games like um, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire and the whole, this is random, but the whole Legend of Kyrandia series on GOG. But then I use Steam and Epic to buy newer games. This definitely has the potential to make a difference in that war between online PC game distributors, for sure. The PlayStation 4 exclusive Horizon Zero Dawn might be coming to PC. At Wario64, which, by the way, is a fantastic Twitter account that you should follow for all kinds of video game deals and random news tidbits like this, tweeted a screen cap of a listing from Amazon France that showed Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC with Sony being listed as the publisher. This has been rumored for some time, but this listing adds some potential veracity to the internet's assumption that Sony is getting more comfortable with the idea of bringing its games to PC. The last three Quantic Dreams games, which were published by Sony, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human, are all now on PC, 
and Death Stranding has a PC release date, so it seems pretty likely that Horizon Zero Dawn will be on PC at some point soon. The theory, which is a theory that I like, is that Sony will release Horizon Zero Dawn on PC to help widen the game's audience and build excitement for the release of Horizon Zero Dawn 2, which will be a PlayStation 5 exclusive. That's all speculation and wishful thinking. Sony hasn't even announced Horizon Zero Dawn 2, but I think that would be really cool. Neil Druckmann is keeping the door open for more Uncharted in the future. Neil Druckmann, who co-directed The Last of Us, The Last of Us 2, and Uncharted 4, recently appeared on an episode of Retro Replay alongside Ashley Johnson, who plays Ellie in The Last of Us. The show is hosted by Troy Baker, known for playing Joel in The Last of Us, and Nolan North, known for playing Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series. The crew was playing through The Last of Us when the topic of Uncharted and its future came up, and Druckmann talked about how difficult it is to make a sequel when grappling with the expectations of the game that came before it, and how they went into every Uncharted trying to make something that felt different than the game that came before it. And he finished that thought saying, We made Uncharted 4, and we haven't made an Uncharted since. Maybe one day we will. We'll see. Now, this is somewhat of a misnomer, since following the release of Uncharted 4, Naughty Dog did release Uncharted The Lost Legacy, a game that started as DLC but ballooned into this standalone Uncharted experience. But I understand what Druckmann is saying. There has not been a mainline numbered Uncharted game since the release of Uncharted 4, and it has never really been clear if Naughty Dog wanted to make another Uncharted on the same scale or bigger than Uncharted 4. This is definitely a never-say-never kind of answer to the future of Uncharted, but it's nice to know that Druckmann is open to it. Personally, I I would like Naughty Dog's next project, After the Last of Us Part 2, to be something wholly original and completely new. But I also, I wouldn't say no to an Uncharted 5. What I really want, though, is a new Jack and Daxter. CD Projekt Red and Blue Hole are the latest studios to back out of PAX due to coronavirus concerns. This is just a quick update on the coronavirus's ongoing effect on PAX. CD Projekt Red, The Witcher, and Cyberpunk 2077 developer has pulled out of PAX. Stephanie Beyer, the North American head of communications for CD Projekt Red, tweeted, I just found out my team is canceling our PAX East trip, so I will not be at PAX as previously planned, and followed up with another tweet saying, We weren't bringing Cyberpunk there. It was more CDPR staff were attending, but now we're all canceling, trying to keep the team healthy. Bayer did say that she and presumably CD Projekt Red will still be at GDC. Blue Hole, the studio behind Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, is also backing out of PAX. Eddie McCooch reported on the story for GameSpot, writing, PUBG Corp planned to hold a happy hour event for fans at a local bar in Boston on a Friday, but it's now being postponed to a later date. We will be rescheduling this plan for an upcoming event once the coronavirus is under control and travel returns to normal, PUBG Corp said. For more on the coronavirus and its effect on the gaming industry, I recommend listening to the February 24th episode of the show, Gaming Ride Home, where I spoke with Kind of Funny co-host and former Game Informer senior news editor Imran Khan about everything related to the coronavirus and how it's affecting the gaming industry. There is one surprise released today in the sense that games don't usually release on Wednesdays. Games usually release on Tuesdays or Fridays. But that being said, 
Yakuza 0 is out today on Xbox One. The release of Yakuza 0 marks the franchise's first appearance on a Microsoft console. The game is also part of Game Pass, which means it should be available to download actually right now if you're a subscriber. Yakuza is a big series with lots of entries and a big story, but luckily Yakuza 0 represents the absolute best starting point. Yakuza is a bit strange because the series has been around since 2005 with the release of the first game on PlayStation 2. I've heard it described as the GTA of Japan because it's a story where criminals are the protagonists, it gives players a large open area to explore, and in Japan at least, it was a huge success. It really didn't find its American audience until the release of Yakuza 0 in 2017 on PlayStation 4, but it has since taken off and will likely only grow on this new platform with the Xbox One. The sequels, Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Kiwami 2, which are current-gen remakes of Yakuza and Yakuza 2, which originally released on PlayStation 2, are also coming to Xbox One sometime this year, and they will also be available to download to Game Pass subscribers. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. It's time for a podcast experiment. It's been out for a little while, but I wanted to try and give a game a full review and see what the feedback is like. So here's my full review of Kunai, which I recently completed on Switch. There is a famous quote whose attribution is up for debate about the band The Velvet Underground that says The Velvet Underground didn't sell many records, but everyone who bought one went out and started a band. Super Metroid is the Velvet Underground of the video game world in the sense that it was not a mega hit for Nintendo, at least not compared to games like Super Mario World and The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, but it seems that just about everyone who played it was inspired to make their own game, which is why there are so many games from the indie world and even up to the AAA space that borrow from Super Metroid's pace and design. Kunai is another one of those games of which there are now many, but that is not a complaint. It is not without its shortcomings, but for someone like me who loves gaining new abilities that let you explore new areas while building out a map, Kunai hits many of the right notes. You play as Tabby, a computer monitor-headed thing who seems to have no horse in any race related to the ambiguous fate of the world, but he is very strong and good with a sword. Tabby's face is expressive, showing joy when he's exploring or intense vengeance when he's swinging his sword. It makes Tabby as fun to watch as he is to control. The Kunai, the game's namesake, is what sets it apart from comparable action platformers. You find a pair of them early on, and they let Tabby throw out a rope. 
that he can connect to certain ceilings and walls, letting him navigate, swing, and climb at high speeds as you get the hang of them. Controlling Tabby and the sword feel good, but the second I unlocked the Kanai, I was immediately excited. The way they let you speed through the environment, swinging around corners, and pulling yourself out of danger is easy to learn and rewarding to master. About the most negative thing I can say about the Kanai is that they don't often come into play during the boss fights, which was a bummer. In most of the boss fights, I found very little use for them, which felt like a missed opportunity. Comparing Kunai to other Metroid-inspired games, the map navigation is maybe the one broadly affecting area where it comes up short. The story is underwhelming, too, in that I have no idea what Tabby's motivation is. I don't know that Tabby even has one, but that didn't really bug me too much. My motivation as the player to explore and get new abilities was engaging enough. But the map has problems. It was rare that I didn't have a good idea of where to go next, especially once I unlocked the ability to call the Chief, which is very Metal Gear Solid and a cheap but effective direct line to my heart. But zooming out to the larger map is confusing when you have a long path from point to point. On many occasions, I learned the hard way. I should have taken a different route to my destination when it turned out what I thought was a direct path had a block that wasn't marked on the map, and that was frustrating. Overall, the important parts are in place for Kunai. It's fun to move around, the abilities and the upgrades available to them are worthwhile, and the Kunai, the thing that really sets it apart from other comparable games, they're fun to use. I just wish the map had more information, and it would be nice if I cared a little more about Tabby and his world, but that that element is a smaller priority for me. As I said at the start of this segment, including a review like this in the podcast is experimental, and it's one of those things that I, I don't know that I will do often, but I, I do know that when it comes to reviews, I like when reviews have scores, so I will include a score, and I like a five-point scale personally, so on a five-point scale, I'm giving Kunai a four out of five. Keep an eye on the podcast's Twitter account, at GamingRideHome. I will put a Twitter poll on there soon, asking if you want scores on reviews like this, or if you even want reviews at all. You came here for news, so maybe that's all you want. Quick update on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, since it is something I have found myself following closely for some reason. It has jumped up a percentage point on Rotten Tomatoes since I last checked to 64%. But the big news is Sega sent out a press release announcing the movie has surpassed $210 million worldwide after only two weeks. And the movie doesn't even release in Japan until March 27th. As a point of comparison, Detective Pikachu grossed $433 million and the World of Warcraft movie grossed $439 million. I'm curious to see who will come out on top in the long run. That's all for today. I'm still playing Mega Man Zero for fun, but I think I accidentally skipped a full boss fight. Right before heading to Neo Arcadia, which is the last area of the game, I was doing what I thought was the last mission that presumably featured the last boss before the final marathon sprint to credits and I was having a hard time so I decided to leave to get some more cyber elves but when I left a whole bunch of story stuff started happening in the base and then the mission to take on that boss was no longer available so I feel like I've made a huge mistake it won't prevent me from beating the game but I don't like that I accidentally skipped a boss I also started Dragon Quest to the Stars on my iPhone and it it seems pretty interesting there are some free-to-play pitfalls like randomized loot drops, which is you know, troubling, but the combat is interesting, even if it's simple, and looking around the globe to find points of interest is cool. I don't know that it will earn a permanent spot on my phone, but you know, I, I haven't deleted it yet, so 
That's always a good sign. Please let me know if you have corrections and what you think of this show. You can send me an email at kyle at ridehome.info. You can also find me on Twitter at Kyle M. Hilliard. My DMs are open there if you want to send me a message. Or you can follow and message the show's Twitter account at Gaming Ride Home. I look at all those responses and DMs too. And now it's time to make that familiar podcast call. If you've listened to a podcast, then you know this refrain well. Please leave the Gaming Ride Home podcast a review on the Apple Podcast app or the Google Podcast app or wherever it is you're listening to this podcast. If it gives users the option to leave a review on a podcast, then I would very much appreciate you taking the time to do so. Thank you in advance. Thanks to Brian McCullough and James Welsh for everything related to the show. And thanks to Joel Moore, who made all the music for the Gaming Ride Home podcast. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. <laughs>